1: What's good? My name is Chris Styles. This is Trapping Anonymous. Once again, we are here. Thank you everybody for supporting. Make sure you go follow Trapping Anonymous on that Instagram. Follow Breakbeat Media and follow me, Chris Styles. We thank you all for supporting each and every show. I get all the listens, I get all the you know the DMs and just writing and reaching out and everybody that's supporting. I just I just love it. I just want to continue giving y'all this material. Just be as obscure as possible, but just as informative as we can, as entertaining as we can. And still get down to the, you know the nitty-gritty stories. Um, I'm particularly excited to do this episode because it's a field I spent a lot of time in. This is the Party Promoter Anonymous, and with no further ado, let's get to the shits. Do remember the stories that you hear do not necessarily reflect real life. They're here to entertain, you know, educate and keep your little homie off the streets. My name is Chris Dallass Traban Anonymous. Let's get it. What's good, bro?
0: What's good, baby?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the party promoter scene. Yeah. I I spent I spent a lot of time in that field, and you know it's unkind. No. It's unkind.
0: Uh unkind at all. Um,
1: what's 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 some of those big misconceptions that you get? Um. That that people don't really know about the party promoter or being on the scene, the nightlife, uh, doing events, especially in a city
0: um i think the biggest misconception which is 50 50 is the women Mm. so it's a it's a crazy stigma that if you're good at promoting you're sleeping with a lot of women and if you're bad at promoting you're not sleeping with any women but it's really the other way around
1: so if you're good at promoting, yeah. chances are you're not sleeping with many women.
0: No. You got to look at it like this. Who wants to party with a guy who's always trying to sleep with them? So you got to really look at like the promoters who show up with four or five girls. They don't really have a large following. Right. You know, those are the guys who are the creeps in the game. And, you know, we know, we know who they are. Uh, we see them all the time Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if they're working they're working now when you see the guys who are damn near showered in women a lot of times you know i'm not going to say they're the best of guys because men are men Mm -hmm. they're going to do what they do Mm -hmm. but they're not sleeping with every woman that comes their way because at the end of the day they're treating it a little more professional so i think that's like the biggest misconception
1: how do you become a professional promoter
0: honestly Oh, there really isn't no answer for that. You gotta wake up one day and just say, hey, I like parties and this is what I wanna do. Like there's no like path that leads you there, you know? A lot of people think like, oh, you know, like they always ask me, how'd you start? And really, I just started promoting parties. Like I threw parties with my friends one day and I just didn't stop, Yeah. didn't go. And then what happened was, one year, you know, when it was a recession, um, you know, I I, I was working a regular job, but uh, party promoting, I was starting to make like $2,000 a week off of just doing like two, three parties.
1: You can make $2,000 a week?
0: No, 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 no. this was a long time ago. Oh, okay. That isn't now. Party promoting is not? It's not that. Like I used to, you know, I used to really make bank And then I got fired from my job. When I got fired from my job, like I said, it was during the recession. And and during that time, they had this thing where they were giving out unemployment for like an extended period. So I got fired from my job, applied for unemployment, ended up getting unemployment for two years because uh, I had to go to court Mm -hmm. because they uh, tried to sue me. But I won because they wrongfully fired me. Wow. So I ended up getting unemployment for two years, and that was the cushion that kind of led me into being a full-time promoter. Because in the beginning, there were situations, yeah, I was making $2,000 a week, but there was a lot of situations where I was eating shit. Like, that's a lot of what a lot of promoters don't talk about. They make it seem like they always making money. And you don't make money until you're just, like, doing parties and not making any money. I remember, you know, I was working at one oak and uh i was literally working there for a year and i made zero
1: dollars it's the hottest club in the city
0: yeah you would think that but because they're the hottest club see that's another thing about these clubs if they don't if they don't if they can have you work and not pay you they will have you work and not pay you I mean, there's wouldn't? there's no fair game with clubs like you get what you negotiate and that's it
1: i was so to you earlier and you told me You better be lucky if the Hennessy you're drinking is Hennessy.
0: Oh, yeah, that's see, that's another Grammy side of the club. Like, I've been in clubs where I've accidentally walked in the back and the bar back was pouring, like, some, you know, off-brand cognac into a Henny bottle. (laughs) I think the wildest concoction I've ever seen, they were like, I don't know if it was like, what's, what's a crazy cognac? like? Uh, E&J, yeah, like, I think they were mixing, like, E&J with, like, uh, coconut uh, Malibu rum. What? Yeah, to give it that Henny flavor. What? So now you got to look at it like this. The reason why they're able to get away with that is because you got these young promoters. They're happy if they feel like they're getting a premium bottle. Because really what you want to give a promoter is house liquor. Mm. You don't want to pay that cost. Why would I give you this $70 bottle that I could sell for $400, $600 for free so you could feed girls and probably some of your boys who ain't spending no money. They're not going to the bar. Yeah, so now I'm eating at my profits if I'm a club owner. So a lot of these club owners say, you know what? We're going to give you the look because that's what you are seeking. That's what you desire. That's what's going to make you work harder. And that's what's going to make you look good to bring more people to my club. And if you're a promoter with a table full of girls and you feed them Hennessy, I've seen it done with Grey Goose, I've seen it done with Ciroc, all these, you know, premium liquors, you look cool. The girls with you think you're cool. Now I can sell the table next to you for $1,500, 2500 $3,000 because you got all these girls and the guys who are spending money on this real liquor going to want to be next to you and all these girls.
1: How much are you making on that night, on the average night?
0: But see, that goes back to what I say. A lot of promoters don't understand that they got to eat shit to get to even that point. <laughs> it's as crazy as it might sound, you you kind of got to build your way up to the fake alcohol. Wow. And I, that sounds crazy. You but...
1: have to build your way up to the E&J and Malibu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: so, um. Yeah, you, you, you gotta build your way up to that. I
1: sort of I saw of I, I, I can see I can see that happening, you know, especially with the scene, it's so sought after. Everybody wants to be out, everybody wants to be like
0: It's all about the look. It's all about the look. It's all about the look. And at the end of the day you'll see some of the biggest promoters, they got bottles flying, nineteen forty two, you know a spade, wet flying to their table, they got a client, but they might go home with $300 at night. Wow. Because, you know, it's just all about the percentages, the operating costs, and what you work out with the club.
1: I used to, I used to be so happy that I got to party for a living, right? You said how you got into promoting, you like to party, might as well get paid for doing it. Right? Exactly. And. I sort of got caught up in this thing where it was like, it was cool when I was like 24 to party for a living. It was cool when I was 25. But then when I'm 30, do I want to be necessarily partying for a living? You know, it's it's exhausting. And I used to look at the dudes when I was 25, the dudes that was 35, and be like, I never want to be that guy.
0: Yeah, a lot of people say that and I agree, I've even said that, but the part that everybody misses is that there aren't a lot of that guy and that's because that guy figured something out. Hmm. Not everybody figures something out, I've seen it, I've seen hundreds of promoters come up in my 20s, come, go, stuck with it for two, three years, five years. but they were never able to figure it out. They were never able to put themselves in a position where they can make enough money to support a lifestyle. How old are you? Me? I'm 33.
1: And how long do you sort of see yourself promoting?
0: See, there's levels to it. Like, I know guys who are in their 50s, 40s, who are doing this, but they're in the right position. So my whole thing is, it's not about how long, I can do it. Is How soon can I get to those other positions?
1: And that position being what?
0: Basically having a better relationship with the club and working out your own deals. You know, there's some promoters out there where, you know, they, they're getting 20% of the bar. There's others who's getting 40% of the bar. You know, it's just where you're at and what deals you're cutting with the venues.
1: Are you ever inside of there like, God damn, I'm getting too over this shit.
0: Every day. Oh my <laughs>
1: God.
0: Every day. I literally- It
1: just doesn't, it, the faces has changed, the players has changed, but the game is just the same.
0: No, <sighs> the game isn't the same. The game changes every year, literally. And like with COVID, that fucked things up. That kind of set the clock back.
1: Yeah, what partying was before COVID-
0: Is not partying now. Cause the thing about it is that people aren't ex- explorative as they used to be. If they party, they want a sure thing. Now more than ever. They
1: want a what?
0: They want a sure thing.
1: They want to make sure it's...
0: They want to know that the niggas is in their popping bottles, that they might see a celebrity or two. Like, before I used to get a text like, yo, where you at tonight? Now I get a text like, well, who's coming tonight? Who's going to be there? (laughs) And my ego, I just be like, bitch, I'm going to be there. You know, what are you talking about? But that that's that's what this that's what society has become because at one point we didn't leave our house until we needed something. So it's just like, all right, I need to go where I know I'm gonna have fun. It's almost guarantees that they look for. Whereas back in like the Griffin days or like, you know, or let's just say ten years ago, people just went to that area, and if they didn't get into this club, they tried the next club, yeah, they tried the sure. next club. That's not today. You know, like, y- you go to any major city right now, except for maybe, like, Atlanta or Houston and or, or you know, Vegas. Vegas and Miami don't count, in my opinion, but any other major city, they ain't that many hip-hop parties. It might be three, might be four, whereas, back in the day, you know, you go to be like five to 10 parties.
1: It's a lot of R&B parties popping up.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are everywhere. Now. It's it has it has black people in a chokehold right now. Oh. <laughs> God, if I like, see you know, another R&B party. There's a R&B Monday, R&B Tuesday, R&B Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But that's because if you can't provide a sure thing, you got to provide something totally different. Mm. So that's where like a lot of these promoters, they think they're, you know, being clever and doing this. But when you go to these r parties, they're paying r only the first half. And then the Migos is coming on. <laughs> now,
1: how, how do you control your vices in these environments?
0: Everybody has different vices. What are yours? Uh, mine? Whew. It's hard to say.
1: Hard to say or you don't want to say?
0: A little bit of both okay I think I think all right I'll be honest my, my <coughs> vice is the women you know and at the end of the day it's like my my views on courtship is totally different because mm. I'm in an industry where I meet a new woman every night and not to say that I go out seeking but sometimes you might not be looking for anything and you just click and vibe with somebody That you didn't even know existed. Didn't even know they were in this world. But you just happen to run into them. He's like, oh, okay, I could do something. Now I'm not saying it's hard to be faithful, but if you like women, it's hard to be faithful. (laughs) I I don't I don't
1: think they go hand in hand. I don't think you could do both. I don't personally think you could live in that party scene, that party life, be out every week. The, the club's a dangerous place.
0: Yeah, yeah. At it
1: 12, it's a dangerous place.
0: Anything could happen. Anything I've, could happen. I've literally walked out of the club, hell, just this past New Year's. Walked out of the club, walking down the block, looked to my left, somebody pulled out, shot somebody, boom, from his car, shot into the street because a guy ran up on his car. Wow. You know, like those are the type of dangers that are very relative in nightlife, and it doesn't matter what city you're in.
1: Yeah, like, it's not like your you're, you're typical nine to five, I mean, you're probably not gonna be walking to work and somebody gets shot, but after the club, yeah. drinking, drugs.
0: You you gotta think about that too, like inside the club, the drugs. Like, you know, everybody's smoking weed, but you don't know who has what, or what it's laced with, or what it's coming with. You know, I remember at one point Pills was crazy in the club. Girls was popping pills. Have you tried it? No, no. I've never been. That's one thing I can say, I've never been into drugs. Mm-hmm. I smoke a little weed here and there, you know, but I'm, I'm not the person to be rolling up in the middle of the club. I don't knock people who do it. Only thing I knock is like people who insist on like popping m- mad pills in the club or who want to do a lot of coke. Like I've seen a lot of coke get done in the club. And, you know, coke is even more dangerous right now because you don't know if it was stepped on or fentanyl. And I try to tell people, like, yo, do your drugs before you come to the club because you do them there. Now I'm responsible, Mm. you know, especially if you're partying with me because you fall out here. First thing the police going to do is like, well, who are they partying with?
1: You know, what I think about a lot of times people come to the club. I know you're dealing with a lot of women, you know. They might not be that responsible, and, I'm, and I mean responsible when it comes to getting too drunk, oh, getting too high. definitely.
0: They're never responsible. I've literally people
1: taking advantage of them because they're in such a vulnerable state.
0: Happens all the time. I've seen it happen all the time. I've, I've had to stop certain situations where I've seen girls who, like, I always tell people, the worst thing you can do if you're going to go out and party with your friends, do not pregame. There's no need to. Save that money that you went to buy that bottle with, and buy some drinks at the bar. Because by the time you get to the club, you're going to get, especially if you're an attractive young lady, you're going to get offered a drink, you're going to drink more, and you're going to drink past what your tolerance is. And now you're sloppy, and now you got the sleazeball who sees you there, and he's going to try and take you home and pretend it's consent when it's not. Hopefully you have a good promoter who watch out, but a lot of these promoters, they just turn a blind eye because they don't want that confrontation with that guy.
1: Or even worse, he's as drunk as you are.
0: Exactly, those are the worst kind of promoters who aren't professional enough. Like me, I drink at my parties, but I know my limits and I know when to stop. And I usually start drinking later in the night, so if I end up being drunk, I'm already on my way home.
1: How do you, how, do you gonna, how are you gonna balance a relationship in the nightlife? How many times has infidelity crippled your relationship?
0: No, it's never crippled it, because, not to say that you get away with a lot, but it's hard to catch a promoter cheating when his job is literally women. Mm. You gotta think about it, like, it'd be too tiring and too taxing for you to, like, you know, if your girl.
1: Who's that girl? Who's that girl? Who's this? Who's that?
0: And, you know, a lot of times you're gonna fall wrong. You know, it's never the obvious girl, never. I've watched promoters.
1: <laughs> you tell your girl, you tell her she thinks it's the the girl that makes her feel insecure. It's actually, no, it's the fat, ugly one over there. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the one
0: I it's, it's the one that's <laughs> actually chill and calm, and she's making sure I'm good in the party yeah. while I'm working. And you know, it, it's never who they think it is. Like I've watched, you know, promoters who have been married. Uh, I'm talking about married family kids. Mm-hmm big house white picket fence but you know they they have their girlfriend their one two three girlfriends you know and it's it's just not realistic because me personally i don't feel like monogamy you know is is real you know i feel like in our dna in our dna we we're, we're as men supposed to you know it says in the bible you know Multiply and be fruitful. So in our instinct, it's like, right, oh, I want this one, I want that one, that looks good, that looks good, that looks good. I mean, it's not realistic in today's society, but now I'm a party promoter and I can keep all these women around me, now it becomes a little more realistic. Mm. Now I got two girlfriends, but I got a wife at home, but mm. because of the way I move, and it's not weird me coming home six in the morning. You know.
1: Is this an ideal situation for you? Uh
0: truthfully speaking. Truthfully speaking, nah. I mean me personally, I want to get away from the whole promoter aspect Mm. and just own. Mm. Like that's where it really is for me. That's end game to own the venue, kind of sit back and like be behind the scenes. But that's the only way you can escape it. You can't be in nightlife and be a promoter and have the job of where you're catering to people and hosting people and Really be like, because you're going to end up being just lying to yourself and getting frustrated. You know what your desires are. You know what your vices are. You know, all right, this girl's throwing herself at me. And a lot of times, you know it's only because of your status and what you could do for them. And, you know, hell, you might be able to get her a little job. Now she's a bottle girl, a bartender. I've seen dozens of promoters leverage that aspect. So, I try to stay away from that. That's a slippery slope. I get every day, I open up my DMs. Hey, can you get me a job? Are you looking for bar, bartenders, bottle girls? Are you hiring? And I just stay away from that because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I feel like you owe me anything. Mm. Come party with me, might book you the host, but that's it.
1: What's your relationship status like now? I mean, I
0: got a girl. I mm-hmm. got a girl, yeah. Um,
1: Do you ever slip up?
0: Oh. I think, yeah, most, most men do. <laughs> you know, it's just... They haven't put it all out there, but yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: we here. This is Trapping Anonymous, man. It doesn't mean, you know, all the stories that you hear do not necessarily reflect real life. Yeah. You know, we just here to entertain. But,
0: I mean, if you're, if you're a good promoter, you're gonna slip up. You're gonna slip up. If you're a bad promoter, sometimes times you're not because you're so focused on your relationship, you can't do your job. Because uh, the one thing about... Um, being a promoter is that you know you're with a group of girls and you're their boyfriend for the night
1: you take care care of them
0: make sure they're good and it's one of those uh i call it uh the the it's it's the male version of being a stripper because some guys they go to a strip club and they're you know they think the strip is falling in love with them and now they want to give them all their money and like yo can i take you out can we do this can we do that on the flip side you get these women who's like, oh my God, he's so nice, he's so sweet. I'm not getting this kind of attention in my daily life. Maybe this is something else. Not realizing that he's just doing the job. Mm. His job is to make you happy, not for his sake, but hopefully to pass you off to his client who's sitting next to him or one of his boys. Like, it's a bigger picture. Yeah. But they don't realize that because that's, one, not talked about, it's kind of taboo, and that's not something a lot of promoters want to give away.
1: Growing up, were you sort of the it guy, or do you think that this is like something you've grown into in your later years?
0: For me personally, I was always like a popular guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I always have friends. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was Mr. Cool, mm-hmm. even when I started promoting. Like, mm-hmm. when I first started promoting, it was all about logistics. I was the guy who was making sure we got paid. I was the guy who was getting the spots. I was the guy who, you know, organized a party. Sometimes I'd be the cashier. You know, things of that nature. It wasn't until, like, maybe, like, three, four years into it that I realized, like, I can make more money doing less work by just concentrating on the look, the hosting aspect. So when that happened, I realized, oh, I got to be Mr. Cool. Mm -hmm. Because how am I going to be able to demand a certain amount of money Mm without, you know, one, being laughed at, and two, actually getting it. So that's when I kind of developed my persona as, all right, he's the guy with the chicks. But how do you become the guy with the chicks? You gotta have some sort of cool factor. So, you know, you start dressing a certain way, you start looking cleaner, and, you know, you gotta keep up with the trends also. I mean, there was one point where you know, you went to the club, you're wearing a blazer, you're wearing a, a college shirt. Mm. That went out very quickly. Mm. At least in my time. And dedicated to like, all right, well are you wearing the, the trendy stuff? Do you have all off white? You, you know, do you, do, you, do you you know, do you look half homeless but that's cool, you know, mm-hmm. you got the oversized clothes. Now it's like, all right, are you rocking Dior and Gucci and Fendi? You know, like the times have changed. So mm. it's like it's hard being the cool guy. Honestly, so I can never say I doubt anybody had, was the cool guy in high school and decided to promote. That never happens. Never, never, it ha- never happens. It's always the sociable guy, the guy nice. who's friends with everybody. I like that. That's usually the guy who I I've seen end up becoming a promoter.
1: Does that? Does it ever go to your head? Sort of like because it's like this local celebrity thing that goes on, right? Like. Everyone knows you for being in the best spots around celebrities, the best tables, the best liquor. Does that sort of go to your head at, at some points?
0: Uh, only when I'm denied something. Mm. That's when it gets to my head.
1: What, you don't know who I am? Yeah. Chris <laughs>
0: Exactly. And yeah. it's just it's just certain situations. I mean, I've been humbled by it a lot of times Absolutely. too. Like when I go out of town, I remember one time I went to Toronto. And you're online? <laughs> no, I wasn't online. I was walking the streets. And I'm walking, and somebody just, like, says my Instagram name isn't that, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, turn it. I don't, I've never met this person day in my life. But they ran up on me, and was like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. Oh. Yo, you're the coolest. I want to party with you. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm in a whole other country. Wow. In toronto it was like caravana weekend i wasn't even doing parties in toronto at that point oh. but you know it's like yeah you know you, you kind of become a hometown celebrity especially when even to this day i get random girls who hell i got some girls tonight who are from out of town who are pulling up on me oh, wow you know you never understand your reach really and especially the way like the internet is now and Instagram and TikTok, you, you don't really know your reach. Like they they show you numbers, but you really don't know that, you know, there's there's a chick who lives in Idaho who's on your page, yeah. you know, you just don't know.
1: What about those, um? what about those male groupies? Do you ever run into?
0: Oh yeah, I'm. and it's- They try
1: to hang by you with the empty cup and-
0: Oh, I've seen way worse than that. Empty cup. I've seen guys wait for a table to leave, grab their half-empty bottles, and walk around the club at 3.30 trying to get the girls who oh who are still there.
1: But it's amazing what a bottle does to you in the club. Yeah. It, it, you go from...
0: It's, a, it's the Park ultimate K. cape. It's the ultimate cape.
1: To Superman. Yeah. In a matter of gripping the nozzle or that bottle. (laughs) But
0: the same way it works for men, the same way it works for women, because what people don't talk about it is that the reason why women love to see niggas with bottles is because they're showing they have disposable income. It's the biggest waste of money. Biggest waste of money. But if you're able to afford it, then you can provide what all women are looking for, security. Uh So it's like, oh, if he could spend $1,000 on some bottles, you can spend five hundred on me. You can pay a phone bill I can't afford.
1: It's not even about the liquor. No,
0: it's about not. Look. It's not. That's why whenever people complain to me about bottle prices, I'm like, you're not paying for alcohol. Mm. You could go to a liquor store for that. You're at a club. You're paying for a look. You're paying for ambiance. You're paying for status. Mm-hmm. You're paying to be treated a certain way. Because I'll let you know right now, you can walk up and say, Hey, I'm paying the door and they won't look at you twice. But if you walk up and say, Hey, I'm getting a 5K table, they will literally hold your hand until you are comfortable. And that's the thing about nightlife. It's a very greedy world, very greedy world. I've literally watched, especially at those white clubs, I've literally watched them treat me differently when I just pull up with a couple of girls versus when I pull up with a client. Pull up with a client, they almost rush me in. I got a couple of girls and don't let them be black or, you know, darker skin, brown skin, whatever. That's a thing. They're going to make me, oh yeah, oh yeah. See now, it's a thing, but it's not a thing like everybody makes it seem. It's not a racist thing. It's not a racist thing. They say these clubs, oh, this club is racist. That club is racist. I'm like, how i am at this club? They're elitist. Hmm. And the thing about being elitist is that when you feel like you are among the elite, you get to pick and choose what you want. You want a specific thing. You don't want to, you don't want a buffet. You want a solid menu that just comes your way, you know? You want the five courses just coming. You don't want to have to pick or choose a, no, 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 you're not doing all that.
1: So I remember, so are you saying that on that menu, it's usually the light-skinned girl not usually. over the
0: it's dark? Not usually, it's, 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 it's not really a dark versus light thing. It's more so of figure. Mm. What size dress does she wear? How tall is she? What is she wearing on her feet? It's things of that nature. Like, you could be the girl who is 5'4", 120 pounds. You're looking good. Came out dressed nice. Probably got a dress on heels, a good bag. But if we get the 5'11", size zero, she's she's 95 pounds. She got on dirty Vans, ripped up jeans, and a flannel shirt that's oversized. She's getting in before you, why? Because that's a model, and you're not. Really? Yeah. Simple as that. How do you know? Because she's 5'11". <laughs> that's really what it is. Any girl that is over, that's 5'8 and above, guaranteed to get in a club. Any club, Doesn't matter where she is. Why? Because people see her, and just automatically assume she's a model. Any girl under that, she got to pick and choose. Mm. <laughs> she got to pick even, and choose. Even
1: sort of like if I pull up with like jewelry on and, you know, like a nice. You know, see, with guys, it's different. I, but I, I just tell them, hey, I'm, I'm hosting and I'll get right. All here. right. Yeah, yeah. i just tell them. But see, that's
0: the that's New York in you, the gift of gab. For example, I might have a guy from Louisiana. He don't know how to talk. Not anything against guys from Louisiana, but he just don't know how to talk. You don't have that New York fast talking gift of gab. He's gonna come jeweled up and all that, but he gonna get frustrated because mm-hmm. he don't know how to get in because they don't look at that. Mm-hmm. They want to see credit card ID. Are you coming in? Oh, or are you paying cash? Then they treat you accordingly.
1: I definitely understand what you're saying. Because when you, when you say like
0: me, I've I remember one year, my first year in in Vegas, I literally got into every party, every pool party, every scene the gap literally just me talking my way in uh and using my whole status as a new york promoter i ran into people who knew i, I was and i didn't know who they were you know i knew a couple of celebrities by the way or celebrity adjacent people mm-hmm. and was just able to get into sections and parties and
1: yeah we never we never used to go to like festivals and like these events with our names on lists, we just go up there and we would just find a finesse. We're going to figure it out. We're not going home no. without going inside, you know,
0: and we yeah, just. It's the beauty of New York <laughs> niggas. Like we just, you just figure it out. You know how to figure it out. Like, I I, I remember the last time I've ever paid for a party. Yeah, no. I, I, I'd, I'd be offended if somebody actually yeah, does not
1: No. What about, um? you said sometimes when you pull up with clients, like, you know, I guess I'm assuming like like a celebrity or. Do you have any celebrity stories?
0: I got a, I got a, I got a couple talked about earlier. Um, uh, I was partying with uh, Trisha Thompson. He wasn't my client. He was actually an associate of mine's client. And um, you know, this was before all the cheating rumors mm. and all this other stuff. And um, you know, partying at one club and he wanted to go to a strip club. So we ended up deciding to hop in a Suburban and get a strip club. And, you know, one thing led to another. There was a young lady who joined our party and she was in the back seat, on his lap, making out with him. And in my head, I was just like, yeah. you don't know who I am. Yeah. Like, you just met me. Yeah. I doubt you know a couple of these people in this car. This is kind of a little reckless. And when, when I saw that, it kind of was my first introduction that one, especially athletes, are regular people, you know, and also that they live in a kind of bubble that they don't realize they're celebrity sometimes. Really? Yeah. Like I've seen it with a couple of like artists who just like, you know, you, you get to a certain point where you realize you're celebrity and you don't play around with that. Like I've, I've, I've seen it happen with, you know, future. You know, I've I've seen it happen with Tiana Taylor. I've seen it happen with, you know, like Diddy. Like, I've been in parties with Diddy. He don't play around with his celebrity. You can't get close to him, Mm. you know? But then I've seen other people playing around with him. It's just like, what are you you doing? Like, you're you this could go very bad
1: sometimes you're in those moments and you know the liquor is there you, you know maybe you drink, you're just smoking or oh yeah oh, i in.
0: once i once had to not break up but kind of stop a fight from happening with jr smith and a random club goer. like a random club girl didn't know who jr was this is when he was uh, Henny Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had a bottle of Henny in his hand, mm-hmm. and I guess the guy pushed past him or something. And it just, if I didn't, like, just get in between and just simply ask like, yo, you good? Yo, you good, bro? Uh, it could have went left, you know? Granted, he's not that guy anymore, right. but, you know, at that time, you're thinking, like, yo, you're playing for the Knicks, you know, you're a star player. What are you doing, you know?
1: Is this life sustainable?
0: What, what can, part of can,
1: it? Is the promoted life, is it a sustainable life?
0: It has its ups and downs. There have been years where I've made 150 k mm-hmm. one year. Mm-hmm. You know, niggas aren't getting that in normal jobs. Mm-hmm. But then there have been years where I've made 50 k 30 k you know? It's all about how you spend your money and how you build, like, what I like to call social currency. Mm-hmm. You know, my social currency can get me a free dinner over here, or I can, you know, get a free ride over here, or I can, you know, have the relationships where I I, I can call a girl up, hey, yo, you, you Mesa, you cooking? Like, you know, I can have that kind of either intimate or just platonic relationship with somebody. So, like, that's the whole thing. Like, if you're not building that social currency, it's hard to 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 get far in this because if you're always thinking about the money first, you won't get far. What
1: about when you have kids? You have kids? No. Nah. What about when you have kids one day and you, you know, you you're raising a family. Do you think that you could still, you know, go, not not go as one just on...
0: not as just a solely a promoter? You could do it. Yeah. But like I know guys who do it, who have kids, raise kids, These are great fathers, amazing fathers. That I don't think nightlife life will ever take away from you raising your children. Mm-hmm but it will take away from you having a family. Mm. You know, you gotta make that decision, like, you know, what's more important. Cause it's like, am I gonna go out on a Tuesday night and I'm gonna get drunk and be hung over and miss the recital tomorrow? Like it's certain shit like that. So you just gotta make the decision. It's not impossible though. I've seen people do it, you know?
1: What about like healthcare and stuff like that? Do you...
0: Oh, you're shit out of luck. There's no, <laughs> there's no healthcare, there's no 401k. <laughs>
1: And it's like the most reckless way to live, and there's just nothing. But but
0: you gotta know how to invest. Like that's what I do. I invest a lot of my money. You know, I you know I got a Roth IRA. I got you know, wow. You know, and then the thing about it is that you know you're making a lot of this money off the books. So don't be ashamed. Go get that Medicaid. You know, half the time you already not going to the doctor, but at least you have something in case the worst case scenario happens. You know,
1: Do you have the women that offer sex for entry, or for a bottle, or a section? Do you have those women that?
0: No. See, that's the thing. With the women who offer sex, it isn't for an exact thing. They, they, they're they they're, they're offering sex for a broad thing. They want access. That's all it is. It's all about access. It's. The I'm in a position with you now that when I do want those things, sure. it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You're going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask for nothing right here, but I'm going to give you what you want because I enjoy this access. I enjoy not waiting on line. I enjoy being on the section. Well, you pay for my hookah? Good. Like, it's, it's, it's just that comfortability. That's what nightlife has become. Maybe back in the day it was like, oh, I give him a little, I get a bottle or something, but. Now it's just about, oh, I'm with the lit nigga.
1: Do you ever sit back and think, damn, I should've just went to school to be a technician, or I should've just, you know, got me a regular nine to five, got up, went to work, come home. Nah,
0: nah, because I wouldn't have any stories. I wouldn't uh, live life. Mm -hmm. You know, like there there are times where I'm like, oh you know, I, I got friends and colleagues who, you know, maybe a little further than me in life because they have a stable job and I get it, but it's like, I know what a job feels like. I've had jobs. Mm-hmm. I've had many, mm-hmm. but I've had jobs and I just know how bored I get, how mm-hmm. stagnant it can become. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, I, I just didn't want that life, you know? Cause yeah. like my whole thing is, is that I never want to trade time for money. And that's what nightlife has been able to let me do. like. Granted, it's a lot of work. Don't get it twisted. Like, I I gotta be on top of people. and The party don't start at 11 for me. It starts at 7, 6 in the afternoon. That's when the party starts for me, because I'm getting everything together for the night. But I only gotta leave my house for four hours. It's the safest thing ever, (laughs) if you really think about it.
1: You ever met a faithful promoter?
0: I mean, I'm on my business. <laughs> no, so I, can't, I, can't, I can't really say. I, I mean, I'm know, promoter. You told me a story where, like, you know, he had a girl and, you know, he had to bring it to her that he had a, 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 a kid outside of her. Yeah, but uh, the problem is he waited until the kid was three. <laughs> you know, things like that happen in the nightlife world. And it's so funny, I was talking to one of my boys and you know he he, he's a club owner out in Houston and he was like yo you gotta understand shit like that happens like you know popping up with a kid with some chick you don't you don't expect with because we're living we live our life like rappers we live Mm -hmm. our life like rock stars Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 gonna happen you gonna black out you gonna Mm -hmm. sleep with the wrong chick one night Mm -hmm. shit happens you know so yeah
1: any advice that you would give a young promoter coming up that want to kind of be in that life?
0: Oh, if you're doing it for the money, don't do it. Because right now ain't the time for it. Mm. You gotta either have something else going on where nightlife kind of goes hand in hand with it, like if you uh, if you're a rapper or a singer or you're a fashion designer something else. You gotta have something else going on, because right now it's it just Whoever, the, the dogs who are making the bread, they're making the bread and they're not trying to let you in. I'm one of those dogs. I'm not, like, I'm not gonna, you know, take less money to give to you and you bring out four or five people. Like, it don't make sense to me. You gotta kinda eat shit, as I say, for a while and earn the respect of the community before, you know, we really, like, let you in. Because I don't care what anybody says, my life is a cult. You know, we're a very eclectic group. Like, we all know each other. We all recognize each other. We all know what each of us is capable of. So a lot of times, we don't work with certain people because we know, hey, yeah, nah, you, you, you can't do what I need. Well, I can do what you do. So why am I splitting bread with you? You know, you got to be bringing something different to the table. You know, and like, me personally, it's hard for me to work with other promoters because what you're going to do that I'm not already doing. You got to bring me something different. If you can't bring me something different, there's nothing I can do for you because I'm not about to, you know, take my, you know, $500 and slit it down the middle to help you. Nah, I got bills.
1: Ideally, what's the what's what's a good age? I mean, I know you're 33 now, you know, you got a lady. Well, ideally, what's the what's the age where you say, you know what, I, I, I can't come to the club on a Tuesday. and and turn up anymore. I can't do that. I don't feel like there is an age. I feel like
0: it's really like how long you can keep it up because when you look at New York, you don't see a lot of old promoters, right? You go to Miami, you go to Vegas, a lot of old promoters. It's all about are you elevating? Are you getting the bigger clients? Do you have the biggest celebs? Are you getting more of the money spent on you? It's not about time. It's about how much you're bringing in. Cause at the end of the day as you get older you get a family you got to support them you just got to make more money and the more money you make the longer you can be in this nightlife thing
1: my name is chris daz this traveling anonymous let's get it